Holy Spirit. Amen. This last week, uh, my daughter Maria was reading a book. Reading, I should say. A book that she's seen so many times that she's memorized the lines in it. It's The Hungry Caterpillar. I'm sure you all know that book, right? So she was on the second to last page when I walked up and I heard her saying, he built a small house called a cocoon around himself. He stayed inside for more than two weeks. When he came out, she turned the page, he was a beautiful butterfly. We all remember this story, right? This story is, this book is such a classic because it's the story of transformation. How a lowly caterpillar can become a beautiful butterfly. The story of transformation is so fundamental to our human experience. It's not just the hungry caterpillar. It's an archetype that we see in Greek mythology and Beauty and the Beast, the Frog Prince, Cinderella. So many stories that are stories of transformation. It's an age-old story. There's a person who is in a particular condition. And in that condition, in some way, it's inferior, or they see it as inferior, or something wrong with them. And then as the story progresses, they go through this transformation into the, some fuller being of who they are, or some greater thing. We all resonate with this because we're broken. We see within ourselves that brokenness. And in our postmodern age, we even have distorted versions of this transformation story, like Kafka's Metamorphosis. Many of you read it. I had to read it in high school about a man turning into a bug, sort of a reverse transformation. Or like Lord of the Flies, sort of descending into a lower form for all the different ways that people are transitioning in this day and age. In scripture, there are also amazing stories of transformation, like the little shepherd boy, David, who becomes the king of Israel, or Fotini, the Samaritan woman who's at the well and becomes an evangelist, preaching Christ throughout the world and suffering martyrdom. Or, of course, the famous one of Saul turned into Paul in his moment of transformation on the road to Damascus. And then there are even more of these stories among the saints. St. Mary of Egypt, St. Moses the Ethiopian, St. Xenia, so many different saints and their transformation. Today we're celebrating a transformation, but actually a transfiguration. And I'll talk about the difference between those a little bit. Today we celebrate that day on which Christ went up to Mount Tabor this mountain up in Galilee, just a mountain standing by itself. He went to the top of it with his three chosen disciples, and then he revealed to them who he was. He had been revealing it to them through his words. He'd been revealing who he was through his actions, through his miracles, what he wanted to show them. And so he showed them what we in the church call the uncreated light, his divine energies, his grace. And his grace was shown to those disciples in such a profound way that we see in the icons. They're cowering, looking down to the earth. And then the two, the Moses and Elijah are there. I always think about how 
who told them that it's Moses and Elijah? If you say, oh, you know, that's Abraham Lincoln, I would say, well, I know what Abraham Lincoln looks like because we have photos of him. But how did they know it was Moses and Elijah? So this incredible experience that the apostles, the disciples experienced there on Mount Tabor, to strengthen them as the hymns show so clearly, to strengthen them for what was to come, for his, in uh, about 40 days, his betrayal and his crucifixion. So he strengthened the apostles. He showed them his glory, as the hymn says, as much as they could bear, because there's a whole lot more glory of God than what they experienced there. This transfiguration is a revelation, a theophany. It's the showing of God, God showing who he really is. As Christians, we too, we want to be transformed. We want to be something new and different. To reveal ourselves to other people as something different, if you will. And as I said, that's not just a Christian desire. We see it all around the world, the desire for transformation. We all want to be something that we're not. Right now, think of all the things that you would like to have transformed in who you are, in your life. Oftentimes we desire external physical transformation, a change in appearance or body. Think about our looks or about our weight loss or about being more athletic, being more attractive, whatever these things are. And this is what magazines and reality TV is built around, is showing how we can be transformed. Because we all want to be transformed. But we so often, like the rest of the world, look for these external transformations, how we can look better in front of other people. Or sometimes we do, we desire a change that we're more smart, we're more skilled, we're better speakers, more sociable, whatever it may be. All these ways that we want to change ourselves. But all of these transformations do not change who we are. And this is what I want to focus on. They just change how we appear or how we present ourselves in the world. Most of our lives is spent trying to transform ourselves in these external ways. Ways that are all passing by. They don't change who we are. They just change how we interact with the world. Maybe people like us better. Maybe we think of ourselves as better than other people. But as Christians, we should desire a spiritual transformation. A change in who we are. And that change in who we are is the acquisition of the qualities of God. As Christians, we change our focus from the transformation of things that are passing and temporary to the transformation to things that are eternal. How much time we spend and energy and effort trying to change the things about ourselves that are inconsequential in light of eternity. Just pause for a moment and think about the things that you want to change about yourself, how much time and energy in the course of your life, of your life you've spent on them and what they're going to do in eternal life. Our body will be in the ground, my brothers and sisters. How much time we spend on making our body into this or that or the other thing, it will be in the ground decaying. 
We were made for something far greater than these transformations of our corruptible body. Like the story of the hungry caterpillar, from a caterpillar to a butterfly, but that's not the story of our body. That's the story of our soul. Our soul being transformed, who we are being transformed. Because ultimately we weren't simply made for transformation, we were made for transfiguration. What is the difference? Transfiguration is a revealing of who we are. Transfiguration, like Christ on Mount Tabor, he didn't change into something different. He just revealed who he was. That's transfiguration. Becoming something new as opposed to a revelation of who you are. Becoming something new is just transformation. We were already transformed. Each of us has been transformed in the baptismal waters. That's where you became something new. You became a new creation. You died. You resurrected. You are a new person. You're in the likeness of the new Adam. You have put on Christ. That was your transformation. The rest of your life is transfiguration. The full revealing of who you are. Because who you are is in Christ. Christ himself has made his abode in you. As St. Paul says, you died and your life is hidden with Christ. Your life is hidden with Christ. Who you are is in Christ. And it doesn't mean that we become Christ, not simply that, but the fullness of who each and every one of you are, with all of your diversities and uniqueness, the fullness of that is revealed in Christ. Christ is in you. And that is where you seek that transfiguration. Because if we look inside of ourselves, if we seek Christ inside of ourselves, we're not seeking these external things in the world that are just passing. The fullness of who you are is already within you, in Christ. Now, I don't mean like these modern self-help gurus that say, you can change yourself. You can make yourself into a better self. That's delusion. You can't make yourself better. But the fullness of who you are, the fullness of the patience that you can have, the fullness of the love that you can have, the fullness of the joy that you can have, it's already within you, in Christ, in you. But we spend our time on the external things instead. Who you are is in Christ and through Christ. And there is an incredible you inside of each and every one of you. Beyond your imagining. But because we're so focused on everything that's the external, all these things that are passing away, we don't focus on Christ, who himself will reveal to us who we are. And so we're not transfigured. We're just transformed into this or that or the other thing, or trying hard to transform ourselves, and falling at it, and falling at it, and falling. In Christ is the fullness of you, the fullness of peace, the fullness of joy, the fullness of everything that you could possibly ever want to be. So if we desire transfiguration instead of just transformation, how do we do this? 
for one thing, we stop looking at all the, the ways in which the world wants us to be transformed. Stop reading those magazines. Stop looking at those things on the internet. Stop whatever it is, comparing and judging yourself against others. But more importantly, we want to see Christ within us. And how do we do that? First and foremost, humility. Christ has made himself the very bottom. So if we want to join him, we need to humble ourselves. As long as we have pride, as long as we're still trying to make our way for ourselves on our terms, we won't get anywhere with Christ. Because Christ isn't there. Christ is at the very bottom. And the more that we place ourselves below others, the more that we will meet Christ. Because that's where he is. Secondly, if we want transfiguration, we must strive towards simplicity. And that simplicity is not just a simplicity of our material possessions. Yes, definitely that. But it's really an internal simplicity, which is we live our life as the things that we do and then our awareness of those things that we're doing. So I do a good act for someone. I'm aware of it. What does that do? It builds up my pride. I go and I, I do something, you know, a mistake or something. And then I go, oh, that was so foolish. Look, those people saw me do that. You see, there's this layer on top of everything that's not simplicity. Simplicity is just doing the things that are in front of us. But we have this whole layer of our thoughts that's going on on top of that. that clouds that, that causes more sin and more falling. So lack of self-awareness, which is kind of interwoven with humility, that's what simplicity is. Not being self-aware, just being, just doing. And the third thing is to, to strive towards peace. Strive towards peace, that means with everyone, everywhere, all the time. And the peace doesn't necessarily mean an external peace, it starts with an internal peace, that my disposition towards anyone around me is a disposition of peace. Not of argumentation, not of fighting, not of disagreement, of peace. Through humility, through simplicity, through a striving towards peace, we can meet Christ within us. Because I say again, the fullness of who you are is in Christ who is in you. This is where we should place all of our strivings. And if these things become too hard, if it's too hard to be humble, there's always that last backdoor entrance to Christ, which is repentance. If I can't be humble, at least I can repent of that. If I can't be simple, at least I can repent of all these painful thoughts that I have in my head. If I can't be at peace with others, at least I can repent that I have such hardness of heart towards others, that I'm causing conflict. May we strive for transfiguration, not just transformation, so that Christ can grow in us, as we heard in the epistle, a light in darkness.